This is Town Square Sunday On Demand. And now, 1420 WBSM's Jim Phillips. Jack Spillane, columnist for the New Bedford Light online publication, joins us again this week for a look at some of the top stories in New Bedford and surrounding towns. As we say in the news business, Jack knows where the bodies are buried, <laughs> so to speak. Good morning, Jack. Yeah, hopefully I haven't helped bury them myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Jack, you wrote a column this week about the election of uh, the new city council president, councilor at large, uh, Linda Morad, and what you described as what appears to be a dysfunctional city council in some ways. Um, now, the council has, in some ways, always been a little dysfunctional. <laughs> uh, but what's going on on William Street? So I, I, I was uh, particularly concerned by the fact that um, and I would like to get Councilor Morad's um, side of this, but I haven't had it yet because she doesn't speak to me right now. I hope she will in the future. Mm-hmm. But according to the mayor's office, Councilor Morad has not talked to the mayor in two years, two years in February, has not responded to his texts. Um, the, the biggest part of that, of how I know about that, is during the APA spending, the mayor was trying to con- contact all the councilors for how they thought they should be spent and how they could compromise on it, and she did not engage. Um, she herself, I understand, to, to, to one of your hosts, Tim Weisberg, has said she has a, quote, strained relationship with the mayor. So I, I thought to myself, why do you want to elect as a council president, who is the main conduit for communication between the mayor and the council, sure. someone who has such a difficult relationship with the mayor, uh, by her own admission? Um, now, th- there may be blame to go around on both sides on that. I, I'm certainly open to that. I have my own disagreements with the mayor. Uh, I think that... Um, the long and short of it is that the council doesn't have a lot of people who are both capable of doing the job and willing to do the job. And Councilor Morad is in both cases, and so she has gotten the job. But I think she needs to communicate with the mayor, and the mayor needs to communicate. From what I understand, the mayor is willing to communicate with her. It's been Councilor Morad who has not been willing to communicate with the mayor. She needs to get over that. She, if she wants to voice whatever her reasons are, that there's mistrust, then she can voice those. But if she's going to be in that job, she needs to talk to, to the guy. Uh, I would agree. Uh, this is uh, if government is going to operate, um, then uh, there needs to be a yeah. line of communication. We've seen in Washington what dysfunction has led to there. So uh, clearly, we need to. Uh, see some yeah you may not get everything you want you may not agree yeah. with some of the things the other side is doing sure that's what compromise is about in a democracy government generally has to be about compromise um is this about her desire to be the mayor at some point some people say that uh, he defeated her a long time ago it was 12 years ago of course there has not been another mayor much to everybody's surprise since then uh, John Mitchell is now the longest mayor in Longest serving, man. serving sure. consecutive mayor in New Bedford history. I think Charles Ashley may still be more, but certainly in the modern era, John Mitchell has been mayor for a long time. Uh, people may remember that he defeated both Tony Cabral and Councilor Morad in that race, much to a lot of people's surprise. Some people think she's carrying baggage about that. I don't know that that's the case. I think Councilor Morad, you know, from what I hear around the council, often has time difficulty with her fellow councilors, and uh, some of them at least. Uh, and she definitely has difficulty with the mayor. 
So how did she get? How did she get their vote? I mean, that's that's the other. Well, as I, as I said, I think yeah. that that there are only three or four counselors who can probably do that job, and there are only so many who are willing to. Some of the counselors have very busy, full time jobs. Uh, uh, some some of the counselors, in my opinion, are not capable, and some of the counselors. Um, Counselor Morad's at a stage of her life where she probably has more time to do the job. Uh, Ian Abu has a job where he is able to do it. I, I certainly think, you know, people like, um, oh, I don't know, off the top of my head, uh, uh, Scott Lima, uh, uh, Brad Markey, Maria Jester could all do the job. Who has the time to do it and who's willing is another question. We have some young counselors who are very sharp, but they're very young to, mm-hmm. to do that job. Yeah. Um. You also uh, made note of a... Uh, uh, I, I should say Brian Gomes could also do the job, sure, but, he, but, but he uh, has also had a very difficult relationship with the mayor at times. But I think Brian is talking with the mayor. Yes. Uh, well, well, no, I, I don't think the mayor... Uh, according, uh, my, my understanding is that the mayor, is the, Brian and the mayor are not always talking, and that, again, is, is Brian, on Brian's part, not the mayor's part. That's my understanding. I also want to make a note of a column that, that you wrote also last month on a host of raises that were awarded to the, some department heads in New Bedford by the council. Uh, the increases, some as high as, I want to say, 50%, so, uh, uh, um, seem to be numb out of, one, out of nowhere, and two, um, kind of out of whack. Yeah, I would agree that they are out of whack. I don't think they are out of nowhere. Councillor Morad, again, who was the moving force behind some of these raises, gave the rationalization that she believes that if you have a title that is similar to other people's titles, like director, assistant director, you should be within a grade or two of that person. I don't personally agree with that because some directors are directors of departments of one other person and other people are directors of departments that spend hundreds of millions of dollars with hundreds of employees. So I don't think that just because they're both directors – they should be paid, you know, around the same grade. Yes, they are both directors, but I, I just think that's a, a weak argument. Um, so the the personnel director, the human resources director, Judith Keating, made recommendations based on comparisons with other cities. Uh, Councilor Morad and some of, and Councilor Carney also had a motion um, a, a motion that would preserve people who were reclassified their their step increases. So with that resulted in was a handful of people, when I say a handful, maybe six, seven people, two in particular that, that, that personnel director Keating objected to, that were 51 and 52% above the median of all other salaries for that position in the state. You know, and it resulted in people getting $38,000, $45,000, dollars increases. Um, I, I think we do need to give these people increases. I support that. I think that our, our, our inflation is high. Our, we were not competitive. People were leaving. Um, some people say they were leaving because the mayor is difficult to work for. That's a separate issue. The issue is that you're giving some people very, very large raises um, for longevity. Now, I think longevity can be rewarded, but not to that tune. If if you have been in office, you know, for that long, then I think you know, ten thousand dollar raise. Even that's a lot for for for, for most people in the private sector. I, I, I just think that that's too much at once, and it does raise equity issues, as uh, Mrs. Keating said, with other city employees. Now, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you at all. The mayor said that he was going to sign this yes. package. Yeah. 
Um, but he also said he's going to hold his nose in, inside it. <laughs> Why? Well, Why he's going to sign it because uh, there are certain positions that are very competitive in the private sector. For instance, if you're the director of licensing, I'm not sure how marketable you are in the private sector. It's a, a bureaucratic job. If you are the chief financial officer or you are the auditor or you are the head of Department of Public Infrastructure, those are jobs that can be paid very, very well in the private sector and are other governmental agencies, and people are lured away from them. Other people, we're happy to have their services if you're the director of lease law or you're the director of um, licensing. You know, we're happy to have your services. We know you work hard. You deserve a raise. But you are not quite as employable in the private sector as, as other people are. And so I, I'm not sure that, that that's just the market. You know, and um, the mayor wants to get these th- these things signed because he does not want to haggle with the council for months while he can't get a new chief financial officer or he can't get um, uh, a new whatever position. Yeah. And so, you know, he says he's going to sign it and he is especially anxious to go back and try to rescind the 10% reduction in salary that was passed by the council a few years ago you're, you're trying to attract talented people from out of the community, and you have to say to them during the interview, we're going to reduce your salary by 10% coming in the door unless you move here when somebody may have children in a different school system, you know, property in a different community where they, where they wish to, to stay. Sure. I, I thought it was a bad law when they passed it, and I, I think it's a bad law now. This is Town Square Sunday. I'm Jim Phillips. My guest is Jack Spillane, columnist for New Bedford Light, an online newspaper featuring stories about New Bedford and surrounding communities, you can read Jack's columns and lots of interesting stories at newbedfordlight.org. Well, the Ward 3 Council race still with us. Uh, the preliminary election set for January 24th, I think, in Ward 3. Seven candidates running. Um, what are you hearing about the race? I've interviewed all seven of them now. I've spent time with all seven of them in their different neighborhoods. Ward 3 is a large ward, very diverse ward. They all live in, in, in slightly different neighborhoods, many of them in the western end part of the, to Dartmouth part of the ward. And um, I can honestly say there's a lot of talent there for this race. Usually in a special election, you're, you're wondering, will anybody run and, and will we have somebody that can do the job? I can honestly say I think all seven of these people could do the job. Uh, talented people, very different backgrounds. Um, you know, I, I, I can name them if I can try to name them and not, well, anybody, I'll name but, them for you. Okay. Kathy Daner, uh, Jacob Ventura, Robert Cabral, Carmen Amaral, Robert Bromley, Sean Oliver, and John Robinson. Yep. And uh, they are, uh, you, 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 some, at least one of these folks uh, has held elective office before, been a city council in Ward, city council in Ward 3, that would be Kathy Daner. Uh, but you're, you're confident that uh, any of these seven could do it? I thought all of them were impressive people. Um, uh, many of them are professionals. Uh, many of them are, have, have achievements in other areas of their lives. Uh, uh, I think um, it's a good crop of candidates. Uh, uh, we're going to see what people think. To a large extent, a special election is an organizational exercise, especially the preliminary. Uh, it's who can get their vote out, who can... Um, have the money to do the necessary advertising. I know some candidates doing a lot of door-to-door knocking um, in a ward race. I think that can really make a difference. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Again, the preliminary election is January 24th 
in the city of New Bedford for the Ward 3 city council seat. New sheriff in town, Democrat uh, Paul Hero, sworn in this week as sheriff for Bristol County. Uh, he is following Republican Tom Hodgson, who served in that position for 25 years. Hero this week urged patience in judging his new administration, promising to study and review before making any wholesale changes. Uh, the right course, I would think. I mean, listen, he's the new guy in town. He's new sheriff, but he's also the new guy. Yeah. And he's got to learn what that job is all about. I think he's going in with the exact right tone. Um, and when he became mayor of Alabama, he also ousted an incumbent. And he says he did the same thing up there. He waited six months before he made any big moves, tried to get the lay of the land. Um, he, he's there to learn in the beginning. He's uh, been very humble about it. And he's also struck a moderate tone. Uh, some folks have, uh, of his supporters have called, called on him to close Ash Street Jail. He says, I'm going to take a look at it. I'm going to make up my own mind as to what's what. I think he's going to turn out to be more moderate, certainly not as conservative as Sheriff Hodgson. Uh, and he, is going to, he has said he's going to study some data and collect his own data and make some decisions about better recidivism programs that he thinks can be operated there. But he's not going in with guns blazing, and I think that's, that's the right tone. The new sheriff has uh, also promised, Jack, to hire a director of services, someone to oversee all aspects of uh, inmate life. It sounds like a quality control person, someone who can come in, make recommendations, and uh, hand them off to the sheriff for his study. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, what's your thought about that? I mean, it sounds good on paper. The proof will be in the pudding. Sure. Um, will it be just another bureaucratic position, or will it be a person who really can get good information about some concerns that are on inmates' minds that maybe might fall through the cracks because there's no direct conduit for, you know, these people are in a very vulnerable position, many of them because of their own fault. But if there are some conditions that need to be addressed, um, I don't see what's wrong with that. I think that's probably a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, and he's he's not going to make any any changes, oust people uh, um, who may well, have been be close to Hudson, and I mean, apparently everybody's still working. Is that in the beginning? He's, yep. he, he didn't say he will never make any changes. He said in the beginning he's going to see how the the system operates and make his own mind about what needs to be done and what doesn't need to be done. I don't think anybody should feel that. Um, they are safe forever, but they should feel that they are going to have a chance to prove themselves and and see how it works. I I, I think he's been very impressive in, in the beginning. Well, I hope that uh, I hope that uh, is the case. Now, uh, Sheriff Harrow also spent uh, a portion of his speech about reducing the recidivism rate uh, at the House of Correction, trying to reduce the number of suicides there as well, uh, which is uh, I I just don't know how you attack the mental health problems of some of these people, except to have more counselors, more people available, more people doing outreach directly to inmates rather than having inmates come to them. Uh, I, I, I guess, I mean, I, and that's just a, <laughs> not a mental health expert yeah. by any means, but that is a very high bar to try and reduce it it's a high bar, but but the, but the rates have been for many years higher in Bristol County That's than correct. they have been elsewhere. So I, I think we shouldn't say that nothing can be done, with, which was basically what the former sheriff was saying, that we're doing everything we can now. Um, I did hear, for instance, um, 
the the man who took his life after um, the horrendous murder of his mother uh, on Cape Cod, I would think he was the kind of character that you could think this is a good possibility he might kill himself. He was under um, watches, but not somebody watching him all the time. And when I talked to the the new sheriff, he, he had said you could have someone sitting there all the time, you know, in that kind of a case where you have someone just in from a very very high profile, uh, notorious murder. That's a high possibility mm-hmm. that, that that person might might take their life. And in that case, do you spend the money to have someone watching 24-7 for a while at least? Um, so there, I think that there are programs, there are best practices that can be explored. And we hope to see what those are at some point. He He's expressed a, a willingness to be open about all of this, to talk to the press, uh, and to answer our inquiries, I believe. Yeah. yeah. He was certainly very accessible during the, the campaign. We'll, we'll see if he is as accessible uh, afterwards. <laughs> My thanks to Jack Spillane, columnist for New Bedford Light, for coming in and sharing his observations. Happy New Year, Jack. Happy New Year, Jim. Stay with us. Town Square Sunday returns in just one moment.